Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi, and welcome to the Drag Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients or to ourselves. We do take medicines from time to time, don't we? All right, let's break it down. Hi, guys. You know, it's amazing to me that with a disease like diabetes, healthcare doesn't sleep. For over like a hundred years or so, we've been treating this disease, diabetes. And even now, we continue to discover and figure out ways to treat this disease. This thought brings me to the class we are looking at today, whereby the first class, the first drug in this class was approved in 2013. You can imagine, even now, in the 2000s, we are still figuring out or learning new ways to beat this disease and coming up with um, new drugs. It truly is amazing. And I pray that we continue to be inquisitive about this human body that I keep telling you is one of the most amazing pieces of art to walk this earth. All right, so like I said, today we are looking at the sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitors. For short, they're called the SGLT2 inhibitors. And they include three drugs. There are only three drugs in this class. The canagliflozin, dapagliflozin, and empagliflozin. And interestingly, in their work to lower blood glucose, they, that, they do it independent of insulin, meaning they don't need insulin to work. They don't require insulin to decrease the blood sugar levels in your diabetic patient. All right, as always, let's begin at the beginning. On a normal working day in your body, in our bodies, our kidneys work, um, they do something called reabsorption and they reabsorb, their reabsorption uh, responsibilities include glucose, one of the molecules that they reabsorb. So, of course, I know you're wondering, what is this reabsorption business? Reabsorption is the retrieval of glucose among other molecules, but we're going to focus on glucose here because we're talking about diabetes and especially about this SGLT2 inhibitors. So on a normal day, the, the retrieval of glucose that has been filtered or has passed into the kidney and is getting ready to be removed from your body as waste urine. So basically all this stuff comes into your kidneys and your kidneys filter it. And then as it's filtering and it's going through the anatomy of the kidney, it gets to the proximal tubules and your body does this thing, this fabulous thing of doing one more check into this so-called waste. And then it sees glucose and it's like, hey, that's not waste. We need to use that. So it reabsorbs it back into your body and the glucose does not get excreted. 
I hope we're clear on that. So it's on its way out. And your kidneys do one more check. They find glucose in this waste called urine that's about to be excreted. And it's a no, 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 no. We need that glucose. Let's bring it back. Let's reabsorb it. So the trans the, the, this trans transportation is carried out by the sodium glucose transporters, meaning the glucose that's in the urine being in the waste to go out. To bring it back into your body, it needs transportation. And there are proteins that are called sodium glucose uh, transporter 1 and 2 that do the so for every sodium that goes back into your body, it carries the glucose with it, okay? That's the transportation bus. So the one, the, the SGLT1, is, in, is found in your small intestines and in your proximal tubules in your kidneys, while the two is in just your proximal tubules. Remember, the proximal tubules are part of your kidney um, physiology, all right? So the SGLT1, one has very low capacity of transportation responsibility for reabsorbing only about 10% of the filtered glucose. And being in the small intestines, it was found that it may lead to unwanted GI issues like severe diarrhea. So in case you're wondering, why is it that we came up with a drug that inhibits SGLT2 uh, as opposed to 1 is because 1 one is found in the small intestines and the proximal tubules, and they found that when they use they they make a drug out of it, the side effects that are associated, uh, the GI issues like severe diarrhea, made it not so nice to be used. Number two, it only reabsorbs ten percent of the filtered glucose, only ten percent, all that work for only ten percent of the glucose, as opposed to number two, which is again, in the proximal tubules of your kidney, and it is responsible for about 90% of the filtered glucose. Well, that's what I want to go with, 90% as opposed to 10%, right? So with this in mind, the SGLT2 is what this drug targets because it's thinking, well, if we're going to do 90%, then let, let that be the bus. So this bus called Sodium glucose co-transporter 2 carries these two molecules, sodium and glucose together across the membranes back into the body and no glucose gets away in your urine. Uh, I already told you what the three drugs are, the canagliflozin, dapagliflozin, and empagliflozin. And so they work to inhibit this transporter back into the body. So what this drug is like, uh, we are okay with the glucose we have in our body. The rest of it can actually go out. And because we found out that this transporter, co-transporter, is going to be bringing glucose back into your body, voila, we inhibit it. So the glucose ends up leaving the body via urine and there's a decrease in blood glucose. So you see, there's nowhere insulin comes in. We just figured out another way to um, get rid of the glucose in your blood. And how we do that is how body doesn't get reabsorbed. So as much as the three are me too drugs, because they all do the same thing, right? They all um, are going to block 
inhibit this co-transport co-transporter from bringing the glucose back into your body. So as much as they are all doing the same thing, the empagliflozin has the greatest selectivity for, for the number two compared to the number one. So it has greater selectivity for the sodium glucose co-transporter two uh, compared to the sodium glucose co-transporter one. As opposed to canagliflozin, which has the least selectivity. So if it has the least selectivity, let's think through this. That means it's also blocking number one. If it's also blocking number one, I would expect that canagliflozin is going to have more GI side effects compared to the empagliflozin. See that? How it helps to know how these things work. So in a nutshell, they work by reducing renal tubular glucose reabsorption, thereby reduction of blood glucose without stimulating insulin release. Awesome. Now, remember there are side effects that are good. So let me tell you the good side effects of these drugs. They have side effects of lowering, lowering the blood pressure and weight. So studies have shown that patients that are on this drug will lose about, I think, two to four uh, kilos or pounds. I think it's pounds. And so it's a great choice for patients that are obese. It has also shown that it lowers blood pressure. So if you have a patient that has diabetes and uh, high blood pressure or, or they're hypertensive, this is a great drug for them because it also lowers the blood pressure. However, when you look at their site of action, where is it doing it? It's doing it in the kidneys. So if you have a patient that has renal insufficiency, then these um, drugs are contraindicated. Okay. And when you look at the drugs, it will always tell you if the GFR is between this and this, what you should do. But usually uh, they are contradicted for those with renal insufficiency. On the other hand, the common not so good side effects, <laughs> the side effects that are not so good will include the UT, uh, urinary tract infections, yeast infections, increased urination, joint pain, thirst, nausea, flu-like symptoms. So when I say about the side effects that are not so good, I am sure you can see why. Because if most of what this drug is make me urinate all my glucose, then with all that glucose being in my genital, genital area, that's why these side effects are associated. The UTI, the yeast, the increased urination, and the joint pain and thirst, you know, because we are releasing a lot of water and all that. Again, I will emphasize it is very important to monitor your patient's renal function when they are on this drug. Okay. So when it comes to pharmacokinetic characteristics, they all share similar aspects of this because they are all um, rapidly absorbed orally. And they have a long half-life of about 10 to 13 hours. And that's why you're going to see them dosed daily. And they are metabolized hepatically, not by the cytochrome, cytochrome P450 system, by, but by glucuronidation. So these are an interesting group of drugs. I think they have definitely been a game changer in the... Um, in patients, in diabetic patients, I actually uh, did um, 
medication therapy management for a patient last week. And I found that her blood pressure medication that she was taking is on the lowest dose. She's taking amlodipine and she's on the lowest dose. She's on a low dose of like five milligram and she's on the kind of gliflozin and that helps because then her blood pressure gets better controlled. And this particular patient, she's in her 70s and has not had any genital issues. She didn't complain of joint pain. And um, all, all in all, she has not had any side effects to this and has taken care of her diabetes and hypertension pretty well. And that's a wrap on the sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitors. Besides learning how they work, I hope they encourage you to know that you too can be coming up with another way to beat this disease because you go ahead and figure out how our bodies work. All right. I am Dr. Wamboy, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drug Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye.